Today's gospel comes from Matthew, the 11th chapter, verses 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord, the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We continue with the sermon. I saw this quote this week in a meme here on Facebook. Religion is at its best when it makes us ask hard questions of ourselves. It is at its worst when it deludes us into thinking we have all the answers for everybody else. I share that this morning because the sermon uh, is going to have a focus on, are we able to ask hard questions of ourselves? And do we want to hear the answers that we might come up with if we ask those questions? No whiteboard today. Instead, we are here in the sanctuary, uh, and I'm going to preach to you like I have many times before over these last two and a half years uh, here in front of the altar, in front of our stained glass window, and hopefully proclaim the good news to you, the good news that we have given to us from this reading from Matthew. Now, it seem, might seem a little bit different if you've been following along with us, following along with us over the last few weeks, we hear something that might be different than what we heard a few weeks ago. We heard Jesus say at the end of this passage, Come to me, all you are weary, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And yet, just two short weeks ago, we heard Jesus say, For those who want to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, I don't know about you, but the cross that Jesus carries does not seem easy or light. Uh, when we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, it means uh, we are following in the way of Christ, which might bring burdens upon us. And now we hear, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So which is it? Are we picking up our cross and following Jesus and being weighed down uh, as we follow him up to Calvary? Or are we light and easy? Why the discrepancy between the two? You've heard me say it before, context is everything. Who is Jesus speaking to? Who is the audience? What is going on? Let me start off um, talking about parenting maybe a little bit, or 
it not even just as necessarily parenting. It could just be any time you are, I could be in a position of leadership or authority and you're trying to speak or explain things to somebody. But my most present experience with this is with my own kids and I would say even with me to my parents. There are times when as a parent, it doesn't matter what you say, it is going to be the wrong thing, right? I could say one thing to my kids and it doesn't matter because it's coming from me. They don't want to hear it. And I know that occurred uh, with my parents as well. It didn't matter what they said. It was going to be wrong. Honestly, this is one of the reasons why we need godparents and we need to surround our kids with other people, other adults that we trust, that love our kids, so they can say the exact same thing that we would, only our kids will hear it. That's why I'm so grateful for my parents. They surrounded me with other people who could say the same thing they would say, only I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. But if my parents were to say it, <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with it. And this is the reason why I share this, because this is what's going on with Jesus. Why do we hear two different things? The audience for Jesus has switched. A few weeks ago, Jesus was talking to the disciples. If you remember, he was sending them out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, reminding them they are people of the promise, and this is what they are called to go and do, and it's not going to be easy. And now Jesus' audiences shift. If you remember him saying at the beginning, he turns and talks to the crowd that is gathered. One message for the disciples And now, here's the message for the people. And they're not hearing it, are they? Jesus, the way parents can speak to kids, or we hear our parents, Jesus is saying to the people, oh my gosh, nothing is going to make you happy, is it? What am I going to say to this generation, right? we We played the flute for you. Nah, I don't want to dance to that. Okay, maybe you're in a bad mood. We'll sit and grieve with you. No, I don't want you to do that either, right? Whatever they do, the people aren't happy with it. And Jesus compares uh, himself and John. You know, he says, John comes and he's almost too ascetic for you. He's too strict. He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink, right? What do we know about John? He wears, John, he wears uh, camel's cloth and he eats locusts and honey. And the people reject him. No, he's too strict. Okay, Jesus comes along. And Jesus, while John was a follower of the law, Jesus comes and he seems like he's tossed the law outside. Because now what do the people say about Jesus? He's a glutton and a drunkard. That he eats with sinners and tax collectors, the lowest of the low. And in fact, when we hear them say they're calling calling Jesus a glutton and a drunkard, it actually harkens back to the old laws in Deuteronomy or in Leviticus, where if that's who you were, if that's what you were doing, you could be stoned to death. So they're not just calling Jesus' name, but they're saying, as strict as John was, that's how opposite Jesus is. And it's like, I can't make you happy. It doesn't matter what is said out to the people. It's the wrong thing. It's the wrong thing. Do you feel like that sometimes? Maybe it doesn't, right? We argue over stuff because it doesn't matter what is said. We are so caught up in who is saying it. That doesn't happen in the world today, does it? 
not in politics, not with your own kids or your own parents. You are so caught up in who is telling it to you. It doesn't matter what is said. It's going to be wrong. As people of faith, as followers of Jesus, we ought to be able to discern between who is saying it and what is actually being said, to be open to hearing the truth. And we talked about that last week or the week before when it came to theology of glory and theology of of the cross, right? That people as theology of the cross, we ought to be able to name things for what they are, to be able to discern when we are being lied to and when we have bought into the lie. That's what we try and do in church. That's what I try and do in preaching. I think that's what some people are trying to do out in society. We're trying to name the lie of what we have been told and to expose it for what it is. And that is really hard, isn't it? To expose the lie, to re-examine what we've learned, and to understand something new that's happening all over right now in the world when it's coming to statues. Do we tear them down? Do we not tear them down? Why are they being torn down? Wait a minute, you're trying to rewrite history. Is it trying to rewrite history or is it trying to relearn history? As Christians, anywhere in life, ourselves, our own past, our country's past, right? Fourth of July weekend, we're celebrating our country. We ought to be able to examine ourselves and to name the ways in which we have bought into something that is not correct or isn't the full truth and to learn and move forward. And this is why I think Jesus now says when he talks to the people, my burden is easy and my yoke is light because if we can actually do the hard work and to name those things, it allows us to be freed from certain things and to live a much more full life. To not buy into the story of this is what it means to be successful. But instead, life has something different to offer to us. But we have to name what we've been sold and to say, is, and to ask ourselves, is that the way of Christ or is that not the way of Christ? And to maybe name the way in which life has really worn us down and that we are searching for something desperate. We are searching for something new. We are searching for a new way to be, a new way to live. During this uh, pandemic that we've been going through, like many other people, we've pulled out games we haven't played before in a while. We played Monopoly. We played the game of life, right? Here are two games that uh, teach us one way about what life should be. And it's fun and it's great, but it doesn't teach us about what life in Christ should be. When Monopoly came out, you know when it came out during the Depression? And you know why it was so popular? Because it could be played by people in which they were really struggling financially in life, and it gave them a bit of hope that maybe I can win and I can see, look at all this money I have and I've won. Same thing with the game of life. 
If you ever played the game of life and you have the spinner in the middle and you have these cars that you drive around, right? And as you go, you pick, do I go to college? Do I not? What kind of job do I get? And when you get a job, that, right, you get to pick a card and see what your salary is. And you always want the most salary because how do you win in this game of life? By the time you get to retirement, you add up all the money you have, what your net value is, and whoever has the most, most, when they get to the end, they are the winner. Monopoly, who wins? Who dominates the others and causes everyone else to go bankrupt? And one person is left with all of the properties and all of the money. How often have we bought into that and we are so oppressed by this story? And what Jesus is telling us, that's not the way it is. That's not what life in Christ is like. Christ has a light burden and an easy yoke that says no to that. And who you are is enough. And that's a story we need to hear over and over again. Do you know what demographic, what ages of men and women in which suicide rates are increasing at the highest amount? 50 to 60 years old, men in their 50s, women in their 60s. Because they're coming to an age in which they are feel they have supposed of, to have accomplished all this stuff, right? They're getting to that point where the end of the game of life and retirement's supposed to be on the horizon. And they're supposed to have accumulated all of these things. And yet, what hasn't happened? I haven't accumulated enough. I have more debt than I need to have. Somebody else has more. Somebody else has won. And I look at what they have done, how they have won, and I've lost and I've failed. And there's this despair of hopelessness. And the story of Christ is to remove us from that story that is so oppressive that you cannot win because there's always somebody else who will have more. And to say, I'm taking off that yoke that is weighing me down and I'm taking the yoke of Christ and putting that on and feeling the freedom that comes with it. The yoke that is easy and the burden that is light and to live a new life. That is what Jesus is proclaiming to the gospel. That is what we need to peel back the layers of as theologians of the cross to understand what is this game we are playing. And again, as I said before, the game of God does not exist. God's not a race to get to the end. God is a life to live in the here and now, to celebrate and to live into what is to come and to rejoice in it today. May you look at your life, look at what you've been told, look what you've been telling, and to see the life of Christ in there, to see glimpses of this hope, of this lightness, of this easiness that says you are enough. Amen.